Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm sitting here with my friend Krista Penner and she is going to talk to us all about habits. And I don't know about you, but I had really, really good intentions um, when COVID started. Um, I think for a lot of us, as you saw in a lot of the memes that went around um, about how we were going to dive into so many new um, hobbies and activities and get super fit. And I said to my husband, my plan is to exercise every day and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And that very quickly died off. And so I have learned to, um, incorporate a few different habits in my life that have been healthier in this season, but it has been a bit of a challenge. And so as this summer, we're talking about all these different ways in which we want to be healthy. I think one of the cornerstone things really is um, looking at habits. And I want to share a quote. Um, this quote says, we become what we repeatedly do. And I actually think we also become what we repeatedly think. And so even as we're having this conversation, some of our habits are things that we do, but they're also sometimes things that we habitually think. And so I'm really excited to dive into this with my friend, Krista. Krista, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got interested in looking at habits? Well, thanks for having me here, Jacqueline. It's been, um, it's just great to connect with you as we even over, over this, over a Zoom call that's going to end up being a podcast. And uh, so how did I get involved in this or uh, become interested in this? Well, this all really began. Uh, my first training with Vital Smarts out of the United States was with Crucial Conversations. And that was a pivotal turning point for me in the paradigm of teaching leadership development and even developing myself as a leader because I learned key components in that that helped me like have God honoring um, conversations with people, hard conversations. And so often within the context of church, we just don't do that well. We go into avoidance mode. So learning the psychology behind having a crucial, what a crucial conversation looks like and actually seeing those principles laid out in the word of God, very helpful. So when Vital Smarts came up with a new product called Power of Habit based on the work, the findings of author Charles Duhigg in his book, Power of Habit. I was keenly interested. So looked at the information, made a few phone calls, found out that because I was already certified to teach crucial conversations, it wouldn't be too far of a leap to add Power of Habit to the um, to the roster of products that uh, we teach at Fellowship Pacific. So flew to California, spent a couple of days with a bunch of leaders and executives and managers from all different sectors and dove into this thing of what it is to embrace habits, 
change habits, understand how they work with the idea that this is a leadership development tool. We want to be good leaders. We want to affect change. We want to inspire people. Uh, we need to understand what kind of habits and much to what you alluded to in your intro. It's not just about what you do. It's how you think. Mm -hmm. So really wanted to bring this training back to our leverage tribe, uh, leveragewomen.com, also wanting to teach it in our fellowship Pacific churches and anywhere actually that we can. And what's been amazing is that we've even been teaching it over Zoom. I mean, you know, you just make all these changes. When you see what's happening around you, you're going, can we teach this via Zoom? Well, sure enough, you can set up chat rooms and breakout rooms and, and you can share your screen with your PowerPoint. I mean, it was pretty amazing. So that is really the journey that brought us to today, really, was this idea that how can we bring this back to the people uh, that we uh, that we influence and help them develop habits that will help them lead others. So that's really the journey of where, why we're, why we're here today looking at this. Awesome. Well, I actually sat in one of your trainings and habits, which is how we got here today. And I love so much of what you shared. And so I want to just go to the very basics of, um, what is a habit? How does a habit get developed? Well, a habit basically is something that you do mentally or physically that starts as a choice and then becomes a nearly automatic pattern. So what's so great about that and what your listeners really need to wrap their heads around is that you can't even exist without habits. Oftentimes when we say the word habit, we automatically think bad habit, right? Yeah. Like I got to quit eating those chocolate chip cookies. I mean, I put a pair of pants on today and I'm like, oh, I pray that they actually got a little smaller because I maybe washed them in warm water. I'm hoping that's the reason they're smaller. The other reason they could be smaller is because I'm on to make, making this amazing apple cake mm. that is doubles as breakfast, lunch, well, triples as breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack, or quadruples as after dinner dessert. So it could be that. But we always think of habits in the context mm -hmm. of bad habit. But the fact is you and I cannot exist and function well without habits. Think about what it would be like if every day you got up and went in the bathroom, pulled out your toothbrush and your toothpaste, and had to really think hard about what you were gonna do with that toothpaste and that toothbrush, and that you had to very fastidiously put the, that paste on the brush and then think about all the places in your mouth that you were gonna you were gonna brush and how you were gonna slosh water around there and then you were gonna spit it out and then you were gonna rinse the toothbrush. If you had to think hard and long about that every single day, you'd be exhausted hmm. just in the basics of staying alive and not having teeth rot out of your, out of your mouth, right? But the fact is, when you develop a habit that becomes almost automatic, the whole reason that your brain is developed like that is so that it frees you up to concentrate on other things. So your survival mode pieces are so automatic. You know to have a drink of water, or at least we all should drink more water, but you know to drink water when you're thirsty. You just automatically do it. Sometimes you get out of the shower in the morning and go, did I shave my legs? And you're like, oh yeah, I did, but I don't remember doing it. It's so automatic, the things that we do so that 
you have brain capacity to dive into new territory, to think up new ideas, to work on uh, projects that are out of the box in the, in the scope of your work, to lead well, to invest in other people because these things are automatic. So habits, they're good and we need them. So I love that you were just sharing about how A, we, we do often think about habits in a negative way. Like we think about um, the negative ones and I want to get back to that, but uh, you shared that really our brain is trying to save energy with these habits. So these things that started off as choices, right? I have three young kids and so for them, brushing their teeth um, isn't always, it doesn't start off as a habit, right? It starts off as this choice. And so one of the things we actually really emphasized for um, a little bit in our, this COVID season as we were home in the morning, not rushing off to school, is I was like, we can actually work on some morning routines, morning habits that we haven't had the time to focus on. Things like brushing your teeth in the morning, things like making your bed. And so I'm just starting off with that choice and getting into sort of those good habits. So we, we get into autopilot. I was even thinking about how Sometimes we're driving down the road and we realize we've ended up somewhere that's not the place we wanted to go because we're just automatically doing our regular drive instead of thinking, oh yeah, I actually meant to go here. And so we do that a lot, but we, um, we tend to sometimes err on these quote unquote negative habits. And so I think one of the reasons we're having this conversation is for some of us, we can realize, hey, there are negative um, habits I have either with eating or moving my body or, um, you know, I every time I want to go to bed, I pull up social media or go on Netflix or I'm doing things that aren't actually achieving the outcomes that I want. So why do you think we kind of get stuck in these places of negative habits? Well, the thing that happens first, and this is the place you start with looking at, an, at a habit that you want to change, and you, we talk about something called the lag, and the, the lag is the time between when you should change a habit and when you actually do change the habit. But recognizing a lag in your life is the very first place you start. Oftentimes we start with, I just need to change this. Right. And you don't think about the why, or you don't think about uh, one of the things that we talk about with habits is understanding what constitutes a habit. So a habit is made up of three elements, a cue, a behavior, and a reward. And we make the mistake of thinking, I'm just going to change a bad habit. I'm going to stop eating chocolate chip cookies every night around eight o'clock. I'm just going to quit. Like I can't be having chocolate chip cookies every night at eight o'clock. I would love to do that, by the way. That just sounds like such a good idea, but we can't because we know that A, the sugar keeps us up at night and B, it actually works very, very well if you want wider hips. So if that's not what you're after, you want to change it, but we say, I'm just going to stop doing that. Well, we are so programmed to be creatures of routine that instead of thinking, I've just got to stop this, you have to replace those words with, I'm going to establish a new routine. I'm going to establish a new habit. So the, the very basic thing, three, this is why, you know, January 1st, New Year's Eve resolutions around going on a diet or starting a Bible reading program, or uh, stopping Netflix every night for three hours, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. 
when we just go, I'm going to stop this behavior and we don't replace it with something else, it, we inevitably go back to the old behavior. So you don't say, I'm going to stop a behavior. You say, I'm going to replace a behavior with a new behavior. And you have the, one of the interesting things, Jacqueline, is you have to think about what's the reward that I'm getting from this particular habit that I'm in. Sometimes the reward is extrinsic, like, oh, that chocolate chip cookie was so good. It tasted so good. But more often than not, it's intrinsic. It's a feeling of control. It's a feeling of, of, of I'm better than. It's a feeling of I'm going to make it. It's just, it's a feeling of satiation in the sense that I feel okay about myself now, or it's, or it just meets some kind of intrinsic need in the moment. So I'll give you a really personal example of that. I love shopping, but you know what I figured out? I have a, like, sometimes I buy things that I already have a variation on the theme at home in the closet, I didn't even remember I had. And I get home and I'm like, oh, I already had beige pumps. Oh, whoopsie. So then of course my sister and I joke about going back and getting our peace, making peace at the return counter, right? I'm going to make peace at the return counter. Well, what I realized, it wasn't so much that, that the shoes were my reward. It was the feeling that buying the shoes gave me. So when I buy the shoes and I give my debit card, it evokes an emotion, an intrinsic emotion in me that I really like. I like the connection with the salesperson. I have so many friends that are salespeople. They can sell me anything. I can sell things to myself because I am in need of that feeling. As soon as I walk out of the store with a bag, the feeling dissipates and I need another pair of shoes. Hmm. That's how it works. So it's not about the shoes. It's about the feeling that the shoes invoke. So going back to this habit loop, looking at the cue, the behavior and the reward and, and specifically focusing on the reward, I need to think, what can I replace it with? What's gonna give me that feeling that's not gonna cost me the price of shoes, right? And figuring that out, and for everybody it's different, but that's the hard work of, developing a new habit if you can think through that does that make sense yeah well I think you unpacked quite a bit there both in the sense of um you know being aware of what our triggers are or our cues are right and sometimes we have the thing like I know for myself I had a habit for years where the kids would go to bed so I'd plop on the couch and put a show on and every time I watched tv I ate something it was like this was a now I didn't want a snack at night but it was like, I'm sitting here. What am I, else am I going to do? And we had a moment where um, we had gotten our, our main floor of our house painted. And so our TV was moved to the basement. And the basement's kind of cold. And, um, and I just didn't want to go down there. And so I actually found that not watching TV at night, because it was inconvenient, um, actually helped me with my snacking habit. And so, you know, my, I was, it's a way of paying attention to like, what is the actual cue here? And so I really appreciate what you said about how sometimes, sometimes there is a feeling or a thing we're looking after, looking forward to, and, and how do we begin to replace those things, right? Not that idea of we're breaking this habit, but how do we actually change this habit? What, what can we replace it with? And also taking some time just to think about, the why, both the why am I doing this? Like, what is, what is the feeling I'm after? 
And what would the why be to, to go after, right? Like what is the, what is the bigger why there? And I think sometimes when we have those, we understand those bigger whys that can actually help us in those moments of weakness. Cause I can imagine you still desiring the feeling right? Like it's a good feeling. The same reason there's a good feeling when it comes to eating that chocolate chip cookie. Like we're often going after those feelings. Um, so there's definitely a lot of kind of that deep work to be done there. Totally. And you know, what baffles me or what I struggle with is Lord, help me to have that really good feeling when I pick up my Bible and I open it. Like I want to develop the habit of so longing for sati- that satiation yeah. in the word of God that the cue is picking up my Bible and then the behavior is reading the word and the reward is that feeling of having my needs met. Like when we, you can apply this idea of habits to so many areas of your life. And I think one of the keys to, un, you know, unlocking your habits is a growth spurt for each one of us in this area of our self-awareness. Hmm. So one of the things that, you know, I discovered as I looked at all of this was I had to think through why, why do I, why do I give a debit card and get a feeling like, where did that start for me? Hmm. And, you know, you, you kind of, you, you go all the way back to when you, you know, when I was a little girl and I never felt like I was good enough. Like I, I didn't have, my dad was a pastor and I don't know if it was like the right of being a pastor's kid that your mother just dressed you weird. I'm, or they made all your home, all your clothes were home. I'm not sure. Like I can remember going to school and everybody else had really cool pants on. And my mother had made me, um, a, uh, a little jumper and it had Holly Hobby all over it. And I really liked it. But when I got to school, I realized I, what doesn't fit in this picture? Oh, that would be me. And so I don't know if that's part of the propel that when I get to that counter and that, that debit card goes through and I have a new pair of shoes, if it's all wrapped up in my worthiness, in my adequacy, like those are the, those are the types of things you have to ask yourself. And sometimes it's really a, a simple a uh, simple explanation. And sometimes it's a little bit complicated and you can't fix it. I can't go back and fix that. I look like a weirdo in grade four, but I certainly can, can let it rest and not let it define me now. Mm-hmm. And understanding those things, I believe helps you develop habits that are going to take you in the direction that you want to go. And you hit on that when you first introduced this whole idea and you talked about results, you only want to change habits when you want to change the result. If you've got habits that are sort of benign and they're like, whatever, you spit sunflower seeds in your backyard when you're in the sunshine sitting out there and it kind of makes a mess, but the lawnmower cleans it up in two days. It's not a habit you really need to change. But if it's something that you're not in the end, liking the result that you're getting, then you need to look at why am I doing what I'm doing and what do I need to replace it with that's going to give me the satisfaction that I'm currently finding in this behavior that's not getting me the result that I want. Yeah. Well, I, so I appreciate your vulnerability there um, and sharing. I also had some Holly Hobby stuff when I was a kid, so I love that. Um, but I think 
that's part of it too, is not just, um, sometimes we get this idea that we, we want to kind of strong arm our way to being better and doing all these things. And we can actually get there and still come up short, like still feel kind of empty. And so I think some of it is peeling back those layers and saying, okay, what am I actually after here? What am I looking for? Am I looking for validation in a certain way? Am I looking for worthiness? And I love that you just shared um, that idea again, which I think is the best habit we can have in our lives, which is um, picking up the word of God and reading it and and being transformed. And, and I actually would say um, that is actually that transformation of being transformed by the word and the presence of God, that is going to change other things in our lives. That will actually change yes. how we eat, how we move our bodies. It's going to do quite a bit. Um, there was a moment where I'm not a great flosser. That has not always been my strength in life. Um, but I have these times where I'm like, I'm going to floss. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this. And I always feel so good after. And I had this moment where I was like, I'm, I flossed. I was like, because I flossed, I can change the world. Like it felt like this is going to be this tiny habit that is going to affect all these other things. And right after that moment, I was watching, um, I think it was something on YouTube, but it was a, a talk by Craig Grishel, who um, love, he's a pastor in the States and has a leadership podcast. And he was, he was talking about his morning routine. And he's like, I get up early and I am hitting the gym and I'm I'm reading the word and I'm doing this. I'm at work early. And he was talking about all these things. And in the end, he said, it's because I floss. And I was like, yes. But he was saying, you know, sometimes it's just that little small thing. And sometimes we actually, um, we need, I love this phrase that discipline can create desire. And so sometimes it's the discipline in one area will have this ripple effect on other areas. And it will also create this desire to want to do the thing. So sometimes we're like, I don't want to, or I don't feel like opening my Bible right now, but it's like we discipline ourselves so that we get to a place where we go, oh, I desire that because I know this has the power to change everything about my moment, my life, my future, um, as I dive in. So I just going to circle back on what you're talking about, because there's a term for that and it's called a keystone habit. Mm. So keystone habits are the small incremental changes that you make that propel you into bigger changes. So what you're onto is absolutely correct. And I think it's really important for your listeners to think about that. Cause sometimes you can listen to a podcast like this and just go, Oh, I can't, it's too much. I can't even, right. I don't even know where to start. Well, I think Jacqueline just told you where to start. Just floss those pearly whites. And that's a start. So think about a keystone habit. Okay, so here's a here's a big one. So I I I want to read my Bible. I want to get satiation and, and I want to get filled up with my time with God. And so we have these big overarching ideas about what that's going to look like. And I struggled with this for years. I'm like, I want to be so on fire for God. I want to be used by him. I want to know my Bible. I want to be able to preach the word of God. I want to see people come to Christ. I had this great big plan that really paralleled what the apostle Paul was after, right? Mm -hmm. And you realize that I can't get from point A to point Z today. I can't, but I can get to point from point A to point B by cracking open the word of God and reading a psalm and going, God, help me today to serve you and letting that grow me 
into the Bible scholar that I want to be. So I think that that's really important for your readers to, to or your listeners to hear because we oftentimes don't start because it looks so insurmountable. Yeah. And so I think, you know, flash your teeth, read a Psalm. It's a good, it's a good place to start. Well, I am excited. You've got me riled up. I'm like ready to floss right after this. Um, <laughs> there's one thing you said, um, and again, I don't know if you were taking a quote from someone else or if this was your own, um, but it was, I wrote this down for my notes when you spoke last. It said, um, when we fail, we attribute the failure to ourselves instead of in our inattention of making the habit doable. Yeah. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Well, when, yeah, we, we oftentimes fail and we, we go, I'm a bad person. Okay. Let's just put it out. You know, we, let's think about it in the terms of trying to lose that. We'll call it the COVID 10 because we're just being super kind to ourselves and everyone else listening today. I'm going to lose this. And we, we struggle to lose it. We can't. So what we do is we say, I'm lazy, I'm undisciplined, I can't do this. And we actually internalize it and make it, we turn it into a description of ourselves. Hmm. We go, this is me, this is who I am. And it's a lie, it's a lie. But we believe that lie rather than looking at the fact that we tried to do something that was not doable. We didn't look for that keystone habit that was going to change everything. Like I look at that, you want to lose 10 pounds? A keystone habit would be that you don't eat after 6 p.m. And it's the only change that you make. Yeah. If it's two o'clock in the afternoon, go ahead and have a hog and dogs bar. But you just, you make that one change. I'm not going to eat after six and you go to bed and you know, your stomach's a little rumbly, but you wake up, you feel pretty good. And pretty soon it just becomes a habit. That habit lays the foundation for maybe cutting out those ice cream bars, maybe having, you know, half a sandwich instead of one whole sandwich at lunch, whatever it is. But when we believe a lie about ourselves that we can't, and we are, we, we, we attribute our lack of getting a, a, a habit into place with our self-worth, yeah. sabotage any ability we have to move forward in any area of our lives. It's like saying, I'm a bad parent. Well, are you a bad parent? You made a bad decision. You're not a bad parent. So when we when we mix those things up, we sabotage our ability to move forward. Well, I love that. I think that really um, combines well with that idea of the um, keystone habits, those small changes. And I think sometimes we do make the mistake as well of trying to change so many areas of our life at one time or in such big ways that we really are kind of setting ourselves up to fail. And so how do we actually set ourselves up to win when it comes to habits? Well, one of the things you have to do is you have to make sure that the reward is greater than the effort. Hmm. So that's a key piece to this idea of understanding rewards. So when you make something, you got to make whatever you're going to do desirable by making the outcome, the reward greater than the effort that you're putting in. So uh, for instance, when I am doing my Pilates, I've been doing Pilates for three years. It is so habitual that I don't even need to watch the YouTube video. I do it three times a week. I take breaks once in a while. I'll take a two week break because you know, my muscles are starting to spasm because I use the same one all the time. You know, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm really, I'm not an athlete in the least. 
But when I'm doing my, I can do push-ups. I can do like real military push-ups on my toes, which is just amazing for being 54 years old in my books. I mean, I've never, I could do that when I was 24. Now I can do it and I'm 54. So when I'm doing those push-ups, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about a really great pair of jeans that are going to look okay because I did these push-ups. Or I think about wearing a sleeveless blouse. That's my, so the reward to me, that's greater than the effort in that moment. So it's like thinking through what's going to be, what, what do I want more? That's going to be greater than the little effort I've got to put in right now. That's how you do that. It's kind of interesting. And I I like to just kind of head in, in a direction with looking at that idea. And, and I want to just make sure we cover this. I want your, your listeners to hear this, but when I kind of circling back to keystone habits and understanding your story, they, we, we talk about that as being your master script. What is your master script? What are the things that drive you? Because if you can figure out the things that drive you, you can use them to your advantage to change a habit. Mm -hmm. So when I look at the things that drive me, uh, what are my stories built on? I would say my stories are built on worth. My stories are built on safety. My stories are built on autonomy. I mean, they've got me on tape when I was little going, no, let me, I'll do it. No, let me, I'll do it. That's one of my master scripts is autonomy. One of my master scripts is actually mastery. I want to be good at the things I do. And believe it or not, one of my master scripts is thrill. I didn't discover this until later in life when I went whitewater rafting and sat at the front of the boat with the paddle in both hands up over my head, yelling like the true Viking Norwegian woman that I am thinking I do not know why I have never done this before and I had the guy behind me hanging on to my life jacket because he was so sure I was going to fall off into the creek and I didn't care I was like having such a good time so thrill is one of my masters so when I understand those things about myself I can build a new habit based on what I know is a reward for me Hmm. that makes sense So bottom line, Jacqueline, we get back to this place of under, if you need to understand yourself so that you can actually make the changes that you want to make to get the results that you're after in your life. Yeah, that's so good. I, um, I've had this song playing in my head, just this one line over the last few days. Um, I feel like it's by this band called Switchfoot, but it's, it's this line of like, this is your life. Are you who you want to be? And that to me is often a, a driver for me is um, I'll step back from my life for a moment and go, oh, like, is this, is this who I want to be? The way I'm living my days? Because I can also um, get to this place of, I just have to get through this. And then I'm going to live my life the way I want it to be, right? Like I've, I've got all these irons in the fire over here or I'm doing something. And there has to be a point where you realize maybe what I keep saying yes to is actually not getting me to where I want to be, or maybe, you know, being the mom I want to be or whatever it might be. And so I love that you're kind of bringing it back there to having people be aware of who they are. And there's so many ways we can, you know, take various types of personality tests and things like that, where we can have these little aha moments, not necessarily to pen us in as saying like, this is exactly who you are, but it does help to take a look at 
kind of how we function and things that we um, get really excited about. I, my husband and I often joke about the fact that he's he loves spreadsheets. And I, I shared about something last night. I was looking at some analytics for something and he's like, be honest, you lo- you're loving the spreadsheet. I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm interested in this, but you know, we're wired differently. And so there's different things that are going to drive us. And I think that's what you've shared there is really helpful to know um, when we want to make these changes. Because I think if we all pause for a moment and just say, hey, like, are we are really, really happy with the way things are going in various areas of our life? And in many ways, that's what this entire summer series is about, um, really kicking it off with this idea of um, kind of casting vision or getting a vision for our lives in different areas and beginning to dream with God and looking at various areas that we maybe have been afraid to look at. Um, Things like finances, right? Like finances, the way we spend money, that's really habitual. And so um, I also said to my husband um, recently, I was like, oh, I know how we can save money. We just we don't leave our house like that. That's what we discovered in COVID. It's all those those death by a thousand cuts. And so, um, you know, really taking a look at um, habits in different ways. So I want to just end focusing on because, again, there's you know, we have habits of how we how we eat, how we move, how we respond to people, how we interact with people, how we spend money. But I want to end on just the habits of how we think. And so what would you say to the person who's never really thought of the idea of how, oh, I, you know, um, when I'm interacting with people, when people are saying something to me, right? Like sometimes it's a compliment. Someone will say something nice about us. We can have a habitual response in our mind, even if we don't say it out loud, like, oh, that's not true or that they're just saying that. Um, So what would you say about just the habits of our thought life? That's a really good, that's a really good question. And um, it's a really great place to land as we talk about this stuff today about habits. Yeah, I mean, yes, we, we definitely go in, we definitely have the habit of deflecting compliments that are given to us because we don't really believe it's true. That goes back to your master script. Hmm. So if one of your master scripts is worth, you're struggling with feeling unworthy. And so you have a hard time with that. But you know, when, when you ask the question, and so that's one aspect of it where it's, it's our interactions with people because of what we think. I think one that's a little bit more insidious and one that I will share just because I know I've struggled with this and I've seen it habitually as something that we have dealt with in our family as a whole, going back uh, two generations in my family is being in a frame of mind where we're immediately, are you immediately critical about people, to, uh, regarding people? Oftentimes we build stories in our minds before we have all the facts. And I think it's, the, it's such a bad habit. The habit is laid out for us in the scripture because that's exactly what the Sadducees and the Pharisees did. They saw Jesus perform miracles. They heard him speak. They saw him do amazing things and they built a story about him that justified their own behavior and I think that's one of the most insidious habits that we are in and I think it's it 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 affects us so deeply that we half the time don't even know that we're doing it but I will cast judgment on my friend Jacqueline if it will help me feel better about my own behavior or my or about 
my own way of thinking or about just about my own worth. If it makes me feel better about myself, I will look for a way to cast judgment. And I think that that's a habit that can only be broken with the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the very first place that the place it starts is us recognizing that it's a habit that we're in. And it probably comes full circle in your life when you see it in your own children. You see your children doing exactly what you do and you're like, oh my goodness. And your kids, they might call you out on it. That's great if they call you out on it. But oftentimes rather than calling you out on it, they just join you. Yeah. And it's because it's a generational sin that almost feels like it's embedded in your DNA. And I really believe, I look at the state of our world right now, and we talk about white privilege, we talk about Black Lives Matter, we look at everything that's going on around us, and I recognize that it's habits of thinking that have gotten us where we are. It's thinking that actually affects my behavior. You know, we with the scripture talks about as a man thinks, so he will be. We are to take every thought captive. Well, captive to what? Captive to what we know is true out of the word of God. I look in the word of God and I see Jesus as laying out an equal playing field for all people uh, of every tribe, every nation, every color, every culture. We are, we are the same. And yet we are in habits of behavior that allow us to think that we're better than other people. And we build a story that, that actually makes us think that we're right about that. And it's, a, it's small things like, and, and, I, and I, I herald back to my great kids were teenagers and I just had really strong opinions about people who wore jeans that had ripped holes in them. Like if that is an absolute, that's just a very benign kind of example of this. But I, if you had rips in your jeans, even as late as last week, we're watching, we're watching church on TV and somebody had ripped jeans on on the worship team. And my dad says, well, won't it be nice when they pay them enough money so they can buy jeans that don't have holes in them? Well, the fact of the matter is we joke about it, yeah. but it's a habit of thinking and I've built a story right there. They don't have enough money to buy the right kind of jeans that I like. So hence, I'm better than them. Yeah. Now, my dad would never say that. I would never say that. But my behavior tells another story. So my challenge to myself today, my challenge to all of us listening to this podcast today is to ask God to give us the courage to examine our motivation and to examine the stories that we build about other people that are habits that are only there to make us feel better about ourselves. You see, everything that we've just talked about, the cue is seeing the person, the behavior is building the story, and this, the reward is the feeling that I get that I'm better than them yeah. because of the story that I've built. It's powerful when oh. you think about it in that way. And you think about if we could reverse that, Jacqueline, and we could use it for good, and we could say, I see somebody, I build a story about them based on facts because I've pressed in and I've learned to know them. And the reward is what the scripture talks about is peace yeah. and unity. I, I look at that and go, if that, that's our world in its unfallen state, mm. right? Uh, that, that would be a habit that leads us to good. So anyway, that's, that's what I would say about that. There's so much that we could talk about in regard to our thinking habits. 
and and it's but it comes down to when you start having those habits it's re, of thinking it's replacing them with a different story to come up with a better ending well krista i think um what you just shared there really is why you are such a powerful communicator because you are able to share those vulnerable personal stories that people can identify with and I love that you um, went there just in sharing these um, generational habits that I think we all have. And similar to what you shared at the beginning, it starts with becoming aware. And one of the ways we become aware, um, Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So sometimes it's things that come out of our mouth and we go, oh, I actually had no idea that was in there. And so I find if things are coming out of my mouth, especially if I'm kind of aware, like, oh, that that actually tastes a bit gross. Like that's, that's, that's not kind. I have to go to the source. So I have to go back to my heart and say, okay, God, like what, what actually is hanging out in there? And you're right out of the heart, the most speaks. I can actually see that in family members. Um, so I can see that in my kids. And there's things that I began to see a few years ago in, in some of my kids. And I was like, coming out of your mouth, this sounds terrible, but I realize you are actually repeating things that have come out of my mouth. And I know for myself, my, um, one of my habits was, is, has been a critical spirit and negativity. And it felt, to be honest, Krista, it felt, um, out of, out of control in the sense that I was like, this is who I am. I can't change this. I feel like I am, I'm just a negative person. And I remember, um, actually, um, at our church when we would meet, um, years ago, I would be standing there and we would have communion and people would come from the back to the front. And so you would watch people come down to communion and I would have to close my eyes because I found that I was starting to make these little judgments about what everyone's wearing and not because I wanted to, but I was like, oh my goodness, my brain is just constantly going there. And so it felt like this is out of control. Um, but as I began to spend time with God, I realized there was, there was two different things that could happen. One, I could actually partner with him and say, I'm, I'm breaking up with this, this habit of thinking, this way of thinking. Um, I'm actually just, I'm just saying no more. I'm giving it to you. Can you please help me deal with this? And so it was the, both, I would say this spiritual act of, of partnering with God, search me, tell me what's going on. Here you go. And then also I realized there was moments where Again, I had my, uh, what I was saying just as a, almost a, a response without thinking. So things like complaining. And I just had to, sometimes I was in the middle of a conversation and I had to stop what I was saying. And I just had to rephrase it because there was a way to still share what I was saying without that um, negative tone or that complaining tone. And what I began to realize in this process is that I was actually destroying myself from the inside out with just this, really this kind of sickness and this um, grossness that was going on inside of my heart. And so it was when I began to be aware of what was going on and partner with God in my head and my heart, that was where there was freedom. And that's um, everything you shared about, I write about in um, my book, Tangled, that I've shared on this um, podcast before. It's a way of partnering with God. And I talk about the heart as this soil and these weeds that have been planted either by ourselves, things we've said, by others, right? You've already talked about this, things other people have said, um, or by the enemy. And some of that can be these generational things that we've, we've grown up with, or they've just been kind of hanging around. 
But now that we're aware of them, we actually get the chance to partner with God for our freedom. And, and that's one thing I often say to people is when you're aware of some of those gross things in your life. So again, it could be, um, before the show, Chris and I were talking about, oh, we need to purge our closets. We've, why did we, we bought all this stuff? And, you know, we can become aware of things that seem kind of gross in our lives, but we don't have to be like slink back in shame. We actually can say, Hey, when we're aware of those things, we get to partner with God for our freedom and for others freedom. Like I know Krista by breaking off, um, this generational, like critical spirit negativity, that, that is not just a gift for myself, but that's a gift for my kids. Like that's something that as I deal with it, they are able to walk in. Um, and it's not easy, but, uh, we can, we can do things that we become aware of. Uh, I want to end with um, a verse, because I was thinking about how, you know, what we begin to fill our minds with, what we think about is really what begins to take root. And so uh, it's Philippians 4, 8, and it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I would just encourage you as we um, end this podcast to really begin to be aware of where are the places your mind naturally goes? Does it naturally go to those what ifs and fearful places? Um, if so, that's a great time to take captive those thoughts. Like Krista says, second Corinthians 10, five, take them captive. Sometimes that's a lot of work. If you have no um, experience in this, if you've just let your mind run wild, it actually will feel a lot like um, going to the gym. And as Krista shared about her being able to do these army style push-ups, she couldn't actually do them the very first time. Like she's built up to being able to do them. And that's actually the same with taking our thoughts captive. We build this mental strength to be able to say, that's not true. That's, that's fear-based. That's not from God. And so we, we begin to be able to take those things captive. And I love sharing with people that as we do that in the day, we actually um, grow a strength so that at night, especially when those thoughts, because those thoughts come at us at night, I will wake up in the middle of the night with some bizarre problem we need to solve or some random fear, but we actually, are, we have developed a strength so that we can take those thoughts captive at night and then we can sleep a lot more deeply. So that is my encouragement to you. That's Philippians 4, 8. And Krista, is there anything else you want to share with us before we um, head off? I just want to say thank you for having me today. This has been a blessing. And as we've talked about this, a reminder to me uh, in my own walk with God, what I need to be focusing on. And I love that you ended with this passage from Philippians. I was chatting with my mom the other day about this. And in particular, I would just say to all of you listening, we in, in, in such, uh, in the times that we're living in right now, there is such a need for us to focus on what is good and what is true, uh, on good reports. Uh, we need this more than ever. Uh, it's very easy to spiral into a very dark place when we look at what's happening in the world around us. And I want to remind all of us that God is on his throne yeah. and, uh, and Jesus wins and we're on his team. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Krista. I'm looking forward to sharing this with everybody and I hope you have a great summer. Thank you. Same to you, Jacqueline. Take care. 
Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts, podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com.